Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that is reviewing the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and I am joined by Katie. Hi. Emma. You. And Micah. Oh, you better believe it. (laughs) So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of Hereditary. Every family tree hides a secret. Hit that music. I'm gonna add this because they said it in host, so it makes me happy. Happy spookies, everyone! So this is episode 213 of this awesome podcast and chapter four in our journey through possession movies spooky possession sounds so weird no possession makes sense yeah this is a complete genre because you wouldn't say like ghosts like that sounds stupid yeah okay because we're, we're not watching like ghosts we're not watching like casper we're, we're watching like <laughs> shit we're watching like demons possess people and wreck people's lives so yeah that spirit done snatched my body <laughs> so we went with a pretty solid one. Uh, it's funny. I try my best to crack out movies from like newer directors, like their first movies, but sometimes movies slip through the cracks. So last year we reviewed Midsummer, and that was Ari Aster's second film, his sophomore showing, and everyone lost their shit about it. It, it was excellent. It's a really big movie. Midsummer's really good. Uh, it's funny in movie world a lot of people's sophomore shots really aren't that good because they're like oh my first movie did great i'm gonna do something weird Let's and then pressure them. sometimes yeah. it gets weird even with music a lot of bands are well, sophomore albums i mean you know what i was gonna say is like is are a lot of people's sophomore films at least is it is it mostly sequels or is it just straight up a second different film it kind of depends because I've seen a couple of directors where the second movie sometimes almost fails them. Uh, what movie? Damn it. Future Otis. You know what I'm talking about. But some this one movie this guy did, it almost like ruined him because it was so bad. But then he kept going and he made a banger. Dang it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people. Oh, my movie brain. But so Ari Aster, what movie did he do? He did Hereditary. And this movie's kind of special because it wasn't actually going to be a horror movie that came later it was actually just going to be a a drama about a family dealing with loss in their own weird different ways that makes so much fucking sense because this movie did not get horror-y until like an hour in (laughs) yup and then he decided not really he did decide but just it came up that this could be really fucking scary if we do this right and he was he was right this movie it's it's a wild one so yeah this is Ari Aster's first movie I it's it's a fun one so if you don't know anything about Hereditary you surely you've seen a trailer with it. it's got the creepy girl clicking and stuff in a trailer you know they were they kind of trick you with how you know the trailer goes but well I 
I I've actually I'd never even heard about this before you'd brought it up. Really? Me neither. Yeah, no, I I had never heard of it. No, it was a ton of trailers. I remember seeing it. I was like, I want to see that movie. It's creepy as hell. Just never got to it. You see, we watched the trailer before we watched this movie the other day. And after watching the trailer, I was like, that looks dumb. <laughs> and I was kind of right. So it's fine. <laughs> Damn. Spicy. <laughs> Spicy. Right. So this film, it stars Tony Collette. So that is, what movie was she in? She was another another horror movie. Mm-hmm. Damn. Future, you know what I'm talking well, about. Well, no, she was in Knives Out. Yes, but she was. I thought she was a shitty mom in another horror film. That's probably right. Most horror shitty moms just continue to play that same thing. <laughs> and then it has Alex Wolf. I want to say that was a show that you remembered him in, right? Or he was like the brother in something. He oh, was, he was yes. in Jumanji. He's the nerdy yeah. kid in Jumanji that yeah, ends he, up becoming the rock. He got the rock's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Millie Shapiro. So that is the daughter in this movie. She played Matilda in the musical version. So she probably has an amazing singing voice. That's interesting. I wonder if there's something with that condition that she has, that condition that she shares with um, the guy from Stranger Things. His name's Dustin in the show, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think of his name right now, but... That can, I wonder if that condition like causes them to have really good voices because he was also on Broadway. Like he originally started on Broadway. Yeah. So what Katie's talking about, it's I'm gonna fuck this up. It's CCD, but it's cleidocranial dystosis. So birth defect that affects the bones and the teeth. And so the collarbones are like poorly developed. And it's just it it's the character from Stranger Things and how like all the bullies in the show make fun of him because his he has, teeth like, didn't baby, develop. He has baby teeth. And if you watched season four already, which I know most of you have, uh, he, Dustin mentions it in the show that like they make a joke about him not having collarbones, and he's like, "Bro, too far." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, and Gabriel Byrne, he plays the normal dad dealing with a lot of weird shit around him. So this one is one of those not that many people in the cast it's it's very very sparse but a lot of weird things around and Ari Aster if you watched Midsummer, he likes to play the where's Waldo type of movie game and so there's always something in the corner something in the background tons of symbols everywhere he likes writing Latin on the wall and if you know what Latin is you're like oh oh this is what this movie's about he's that kind of person just like in Midsummer, where you see you know, the main character's sister just in the trees, dead. And it's like, that's fucking weird. But so he's all about the symbolism and stuff like that. So that was that was weird as fuck that like all the in all of her models in all of her models, like on the walls, there's stuff that she has like written into the patterns yeah. on the wallpapering. And I was like, why are you writing weird shit on the walls? Uh, there's a little bit of an exp- explanation to that. So this movie, it, it's one of those, the more you watch it, the more it just makes more sense about a lot of things, especially all the symbols and things like that that comes back. So I'll try to explain what I kind of got from it. But uh, yeah, if you haven't, well, I would give this a shot. It, it is a long one. It's what, two, 127 minutes. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's a bit of a slow burn, but it just starts building the pieces to being a really fucked up story in the last 30 minutes. 
wild as hell. And that's how I like my horror movies. Uh, you know, they can be slow burns, but boy, howdy, when it gets to the end, I, I want you to fuck me up, fam. And this one fucked me up at the end. So this uh, one, Kate, this uh, one definitely, sorry, this one was definitely like an artsy vibe. Yes. Hardcore artsy vibe. Absolutely. So, Katie, what did you think about Hereditary? Uh, I kind of already said it, but I think it's just meh. Um, it was a fucking long haul. Like the some movies that are like around two hours, some scary movies like just burn through their two hours and you don't even re- notice that you, like two hours has gone by. This one, I was looking at my watch at like 45 minutes, like, okay, when are we getting to the scary part? And again, at like an hour 15, like, okay, like, when is it scary? Like, when are we getting to the horror part? And it, I just, it dragged on, I felt. Um, yeah. And because it dragged on, when it actually started to get scary, I wasn't invested in it because they wasted too much time for me. I don't know. I needed less of their family dynamic at the beginning and more like, oh shit, wild shit's popping off already. So for me, it didn't do it. Like Midsummer was better. Great job with Midsummer. <laughs> Emma. Well, I didn't hate it, but I also, I have the same feelings of dragging on. Like there were some scenes up front that I was like, what the fuck? what was that but i mean it really did get me (laughs) it it made me uncomfortable towards the end like in the last 45 minutes i was like "Mm -mm. no no thank you i could do without that (laughs) but yeah i mean like katie said very meh i didn't hate it but i wasn't like fawning over it so but i did like it so micah um, so I liked this movie. Um, it definitely did feel like a movie that kept evolving the farther they got into the process. Um, there were point there were like I felt the house scenes in the first half of the movie just were kind of afterthought. It didn't make much sense. The fi- the family dynamic, like you couldn't tell what the vibe was. It was really just I don't know. It, it it felt like I I spent too much time trying to figure out what was happening. Um, I, the one thing I enjoyed about this movie was I kept, I don't know, my brain kept trying to think it was going to be this type of movie, and then it would be like, no, that's not that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, it's something different. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I I can't, you know, it was, it was a very unpredictable movie. But like. When I, when I said something about the the movie constantly evolving throughout the process, like right at the one hour left in the movie mark, the movie became something completely different. Yeah. Um. The and to piggyback off the uh, the the how like the scenes in the house in the first half just not really doing anything for the movie. Whenever it showed him in class, like all the scenes in school that were really super short they were filled with so much tension and uh, anxiety that it was like, okay, that it, it, and I felt like they kept interjecting those to like, just like keep you going throughout. So I feel like they, they kind of knew what was happening with it being so long and needing to, you know, do this. Cause it was, it was super artsy, you know, it wasn't just a direct, like, 
okay, well, here's a big bad monster and he's going to chase everybody and kill him. You know, it was it was definitely like a, you got to kind of think about this one. And I definitely spent a lot of time thinking, but a little bit too much time. At the, but like I said, when they kept interjecting those little moments of like anxiety with the school scenes and everything like that, I was like, oh, OK, all right. It, it keeps you going. It So it is long, but it definitely keeps you going throughout the whole thing. So I I I liked it. And then, of course, like I said, the last hour of the movie becomes a completely different movie and it just spirals into horror and you're like oh i just went on a journey all right what a long strange trip it's been in this would attic. you stop literally would you get out of my seven words bitch <laughs> otis what about you you took the words out of my mouth the way i was thinking of this movie it was like a book and just every chapter and then it just built from there so at the beginning, you know, we dealt with a funeral and then just the family, just not even really acting like a family. Everyone split up and just every chapter and we go to a party, we deal with nuts and we deal with a street. And it just it, it just felt like it was legit just chapters in this crazy ass book. And then at the end, it it, it like Stephen King kind of does this when the tone shifts in his book. Sometimes he'll just make it a whole new book. So in It and The Stand, there are multiple books in that story. And he'll just be like, yeah, this is book two in this giant story. So it just felt like, you know, at the towards the end, when stuff really was getting real, you know, fire was popping up and stuff. That was a whole new book. It's just a whole new story in this. This it's an absurd story. Like it's. It's one of those I, I need to sit down and just watch a couple of times just with like commentary on and then just to really get it all just like oh, hardcore. This is a movie that needs some commentary and, you know, I'm OK with that. Yeah, it's nice to have to have this as an option, yeah. you know, where it's not all the same. Yeah, it, it was great. Uh, it's I've never been the biggest fan of just like like artsy horror and stuff I, I never watched a lot you know i like the kind of shit where it's like you know creepy dude with a mask on or Ooh. weird suit stabby thing or shitty cg dinosaurs you know that's the kind of shit i watched but we started watching some of these crazy ones where i actually had to kind of think about it and it's great you know sometimes i feel like thinking so i i really like this movie it, it was fun ari aster Keep on trucking. Uh, a new one actually came out, Disappointment Boulevard. I think that's the newest one, and that's out. So um, I don't know if it's horror. I think it might just be a drama one. So I'm curious about that one, if it's going to be wild. Because you could say this one was a, like a drama, a family drama, and then it's like, boom, for the last hour, and then it just gets wild. So This, this movie kind of gave me, like, uh, what is it, Us vibes? Yeah. It, ugh, love this fuck. and uh it's a good one and so hey you know us by a newer director so the the newer ideas the newer people cracking out movies these days they, they know what they're doing they got they got good ideas so keep it up you know i don't want to see shitty movies so uh but we'll get through this story uh it's you know it's a little long but but the real story once you kind of piece it and put it in the right pieces it's not that crazy, but there are going to be some spots where I say things and then I'll add that question mark to it because it's just, 
it they leave it kind of open to interpretation. So, and I think that's some of the best ways to set up horror movies. You know, I could just be like, oh, Katie's a vampire. Or I could be like, she might have been a vampire or she might just be crazy. And it just, I don't know, just it seems better for people to talk about. So we meet up with the Graham family. Uh, And so the mom, Annie, and she works on miniatures. And so she makes these like intricate, specific scenes. And that's her job. And I assume she's really good at it because the, the sets are really fucking incredible and she lives with her husband steve and he's a psychiatrist and their son peter and their 13 year old daughter charlie and so just from the dynamic what we were saying earlier his family they've been through a lot and they're not on the best of terms and it's just the way they act with each other charlie just kind of goes off and does her own thing she stays in the like treehouse and just like like sleeps there sometimes and it's cold and you know and she likes kind of decapitating things and giving them new heads and stuff we'll see if that pops back up later in the movie so uh yeah there's already steps and after seeing the movie and thinking about the characters even from the beginning i'm like oh that's why you were all about decapitating stuff oh okay cool 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 so the movie starts with the family intending annie's mother's funeral and her name was ellen and she it's weird annie when she's doing her um what her speech what's the word eulogy eulogy a fancy speech um she says that yeah my mom was real secret and not really that good of a mom and she says all these things it's weird like she she's trying to be as respectful as she can be but it's the words of a person that had issues with that person and it's like I'm trying my best not to call this person a piece of shit, but yeah, yeah, that's a thing. And then you just sit down, you know, and she actually brings up the fact that there are a lot of people that she doesn't really know at the funeral. She's like, man, I guess she knew a lot of people that I didn't know. And that's cool. I guess we see a guy in line as everyone walks up to the casket to look at, you know, grandma. And this guy in the back of the line is just kind of looking at Charlie and smiling Let's see if he pops back up later in the movie, smiling in a dark corner. But uh, <laughs> a lot of weird people. And just like in Midsummer, Ari Aster likes to set up people in a certain way. And then you'll see them again in the same positions in the same ways, which I thought was really cool. Like I said, you watch it once, you go back, everything seems a little cooler. So after that, the family, they're doing their own things and stuff. Peter's all about smoking weed because he's, it's probably his way of dealing with pain and stuff like that, it seems. And he has a lot of issues with his mom because uh, she likes to sleepwalk. And we learn a little bit later in the movie that she was sleepwalking once when he was younger and she poured gas. Was it gasoline? No, paint thinner. Paint thinner over the dad and the son. And she pulled out a lighter or matches and she was going to just light them all on fire because she was sleepwalking. So like I said, there's that's fucking horrific. Yeah, the, yeah, I'd be scared of my mom too. She just walk around pouring shit on people. It's like stepbrothers when they were sleepwalking, they were putting shit in the oven and just like making Maybe sounds. Yeah, just you know, but that's a funny way of doing it, but yeah. scary. When Brennan sleepwalks, he always puts my purse in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> so are there pillows in the refrigerator? Yeah. <laughs> that's Dale. So 
uh, Annie, she intends a bereavement support group. And boy, howdy, everyone's like, you know, I lost my wife, I lost my husband. And she comes up and she's like, yeah, I lost my mom, but she's kind of a piece of shit. And she just brings up all the issues. And she's like, my mom, I don't think she did, but I kind of feel that she caused my brother to commit suicide because before he died, he wrote a letter saying that she was trying to put people in his body. It's a very nonchalant sentence that goes by really fast, but I heard it. I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe that comes up later in the movie, <laughs> but it's a lot of creepy things. And so we learned that the mom, she was not a good person and they had problems. And so she says that when the first son was born, she didn't really give a shit about the family. and didn't care. But when Charlie was born, she got really invested in the family and wanted to hang out and take care of Charlie and, guide charlie in the right direction there's reasons so um so peter he's invited to a party he says it's like a school what barbecue or something and annie tells him to bring charlie because reasons i wouldn't want my middle school kid going with the high school kid to a party that seems like no she was in high school too okay she was just like a freshman and he was older yeah i i still that's i don't know but Peter cares about his little sister and he's like, do you want to go? And she's like, not really? And Annie's like, no, you're going to go. You're going to have fun. She's like, okay, I guess I'm going. They drive to the party and there's cake everywhere and music and good times. And unfortunately, there are nuts. And so we find out in the beginning of the movie that Charlie has a severe nut allergy. And it's funny, they kind of ham fist it because she eats a candy bar and they're like, are there nuts in that? God, it is the worst delivery of asking if this girl, if this fucking 14-year-old is smart enough to eat a candy bar without nuts in it. They were like, it was just so awkward. Like, hey, are there nuts in that? Like, dude, she's 14. I think she can handle it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they they dangled that for the not smart people in the room. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, so she's going to eat some nuts. And then she does. So Peter is getting high with a girl that he likes. And she walks into the room like, I don't feel good. My throat's getting tight. And he's like, oh, shit. You ate nuts. I should have been watching you. Shit, shit, shit. So he is driving in a car super fast, trying to get to a hospital. And they're on their way. (laughs) Super fast as he accelerates from 60 to 70. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Speed (laughs) racer out there. (laughs) So Charlie puts her head out the window to get some more air. I get that, I guess. And then... Kablamo, her head hits a light pole and comes off. So Boy, the car, he stops the car. Fucking howdy. Yeah. Uh, he stops the car and he can't bring himself to look into the rearview mirror to see it. He knows what happens, but he just doesn't want to acknowledge it. And he drives home silently. Crying. Gets out of, gets out of the car and goes to bed. And lays down. I learned that that actually happened. And so they pulled this from a real situation. Uh, This group of friends, they were drinking and stuff and they went to get more drinks. And then one guy is hanging out the window because he felt sick and he got decapitated. And the other guy just actually in the real story, they didn't know that the guy died, I guess. But then he goes inside and he's like, oh, he'll be in later. I guess he's like sleeping in the car. And then later the next day, a headless body in the car. And they're like, oh, 
no shit. I think there's a little to it, but probably the same situation of shit. I fucked up. I really fucked up. I'm just going to lay down. So the next day, the parents, they find their headless daughter in the car and it's real bad. Like Peter, he just kind of becomes way more of a, of a, of a recluse and Annie, she gets really, really angry and resentful towards him. And she actually lets it slip that she wanted to not have him when he was, uh, when she was pregnant with him. And she actually tried her best to kind of kill him. So it was a dream, but she says it. And so it, it, it gets wild. And so, like I said, there's a lot of issues with the family. So at the support group, Annie meets a group member named Joan. And Joan seems like a really nice person. And Joan tells her, hey, I found a cool way that you can talk to your daughter. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, someone taught me how to do a seance. Man, seances, that pops up a lot in scary movies. And you can talk with Charlie. And so she meets Joan at her place and they have a seance. And she's like, hey, write, write something on this board, honey. And he writes something on the board and it's like, Hey, I brought your chalkboard. The one that you absolutely love your old chalkboard, Re- write something for us. If you go back to the scene where she talks about the seance in the back seat of the car, you can see the chalkboards wrapped up. So she just bought them mm-hmm. and she was lying to her. So like I said, there's things in every scene of the movie. You just got to kind of like look past it. So Annie is kind of freaked out about the whole situation. But then later on, after doing the seance herself, she realizes that, oh, shit, Charlie is actually here. So she brings the family down to the front room and she's like, no, we got to do this together. I want you guys to see what's happening. And Charlie's spirit's kind of mean and starts knocking stuff over. And Peter starts freaking out and he doesn't want this to happen anymore. And then the dad throws water on her to kind of wake her up because Annie is in this weird kind of trance while this is happening. So once again, the family's freaking out and stuff. Uh, After a little bit, Peter is getting uh, screwed with by spirits. And a couple of times at in class, things just start happening to him and he sees weird lights go off and stuff like that. So Annie starts to think that Charlie's spirit is kind of mean. And she sees pictures in Charlie's old sketchbook of Peter. And it looks like that she wants to kill Peter. And she throws the book into the fireplace to get rid of it. And she catches on fire. And so she grabs it out of the fireplace like, oh, shit, what the hell was that? So Annie goes through her her mother's stuff. And she actually finds a picture of Joan and Ellen together. And it's like, well, what the fuck? You said you didn't know my mom and you're just some random person I met what the fuck and this is when everything starts to kind of clack into place and so after reading in some books she discovers that there's a demon named Pyman hey that name sounds familiar hey in the cleansing hour that name pops up so (laughs) and Pyman wants to jump into a body of a male host and the person that summons Pyman will get all these this money and fame and stuff like that and annie finds her mom's body in the attic with some weird symbols and like oh 
So there's this weird smell in the house and it's been there for a while and no one, they can smell something, but they just kind of keep going with their lives, which I, I can't do that. If I smell something bad, I would, would look for it. So, so Peter at school, uh, he sees Joan across the street looking at him and he's like, do y'all see this weird lady looking at me? And no one else can see her. And she starts saying words and pointing at him. And he's like, oh, that's really fucking weird. He goes into class and then his body just gets taken over and his arm just goes into the air and his body, like one of his eyes kind of like is like halfway open and his head's like lean to the side and then slams his head against the desk crazy hard. So fun fact, that scene, uh, the actor, uh, Alex Wolf, he actually wanted to slam his face for real. He actually really wanted to do it to make it look legitimate. But they told him, like, no, we can fix this, man, and make it look good. You don't have to really slam your face. But he's like, no, like, he loves horror movies. So he's like, no, it'll look really cool if I really go for it. The desk was kind of rubberized, so it wouldn't hurt as much. But he went for it, and he slammed the shit out of his face. Didn't break his nose. He dislocated his jaw when he did it. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, snap. The thing you oh, can do? Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Broke his own jaw. Right. So he already like dislocated at some point. So the second you do it once, it's like easy to dislocate it again. So when he slammed his face, he dislocated his jaw. And they were like, fuck, man, like we told you not to go hard. He's like, eh, it still looks good. So uh, Peter, he freaks the fuck out, as you should, because, you know, his body got kind of taken. And so the uh, school, they call the parents and they're like, yeah, y'all got to pick him up. He seems to be trying to hurt himself, I guess, or he had a seizure. They don't really know. But apparently in his seizing, he broke his nose. So they're like, you got to you got to do something. So they bring him home and he's asleep and they put him in the bed. So Annie is talking to Steve and telling him, hey, a lot of weird shit's happening. We need to get out of this house. I think Charlie, I think my mom. I think this cult, they're trying to do something to Peter. They, they're trying to get to him for some reason. And it's like, I need you to look into the attic and you'll see weird shit up there. He finally goes into the attic, screams. He's like, oh, what the fuck? That's a body. And he's like, yeah, bro, I told you. And so they seem to be on the same page. And then Steve, for some reason, it's like, oh, you put that body up there. You're doing all these things. And it's like, what are you talking about? And so the whole movie, Steve's been kind of not believing Annie or doubting her. He's been kind of in the middle, just like, you know, you're grieving. But now finally, Steve has chosen a side and it's the side of my wife is crazy as fuck, which ain't that far off. But he grabs the sketchbook and he's like, this shit's weird and it's making you go crazy. And so Annie tells him, we got to destroy that sketchbook. That seems to be the, the crux of all of this. And <laughs> oh, man. so Annie throws it into the fireplace telling Steve that I'm going to die doing this. So please just get Peter out of here. She throws the sketchbook into the fire and lo and behold, Steve catches on fire and he catches on fire real quick. And <laughs> he, 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 he dies. And then Payman jumps into Annie's body. So like I said, this is, this is chapter three right here. This, this, this is the good shit, the meaty shit. So Peter wakes up. It is nighttime or dark. And he's like, huh, the house is real fucking quiet. And he gets up. And this is the scene Micah was talking about. In the top left corner of the screen, the mom is just spider man in the corner of the room watching 
Peter, just there. And he sits up and he's like looking around. He's all confused. He actually sees, actually, no, that was a little bit earlier. He sees Charlie multiple times, like the spirit. But Annie leaves the room and she swims out. And Katie was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. It was weird as hell when she swam across the room. Like that didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, just wee. So, Not like that. Not like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you listen closely, you hear a weird sound go off. And that's what causes Peter to leave the room. That's the sound of a piano falling over and breaking. So, and as he comes down the stairs, you see a broken piano. I wonder why it broke, Otis. Maybe somebody pulled something from it. We'll find out later. So he goes to the fireplace and finds the charred body of his dad. And while that's happening, he finds a couple of cult members. So members from his grandma's cult in the house. The one smiley guy, yeah, he's just naked in a dark corner, just smiling like a freak. So as he's looking at his dad's charred body, we see that Annie has Spider-Man her ass into the room and is in another corner just a watching. So she makes some type of sound and Peter's like, what the fuck was that? And he looks around and then Annie is in front of him coming out of the darkness, running full speed. So he runs into the attic. And he closes the door and she's trying to get in. And then you see in the corner, another naked person just standing there looking at him. And he's freaking out. He, oh man, he hears a weird sound and he looks up above him and Annie's body is just hovering in the, the ceiling part. And she is decapitating herself with piano wire. So he sees this. And he says, fuck. <laughs> I, get it. I, I couldn't get the joke out there. Sorry. <laughs> he sees his mom decapitate herself. He says, this attic's empty. Yeet! And then flies out the window. Uh, he did the right thing. I'd have jumped out the window. If I saw somebody cutting their head off, I'm like, yeah, you're right. And just fly out. So he lands outside in the grass. And then his body gets possessed so you see annie's corpse floating into the treehouse just quietly floats into it so peter possessed walks up into the treehouse and on his way there he sees multiple cult members just naked in a tree line just looking at him and he's like mm, okay goes into the treehouse and he sees his mother's body headless his grandmother's body and charlie's body no her severed head is has a crown on it and it's on top of a mannequin i don't know if charlie's body's in the room mm-hmm. probably okay i don't think so yeah and so there's heads everywhere and then joan pops up the just ringleader of all the situation and puts the crown on peter's head and then says hey charlie we, we got you your body so welcome back payman and swears an oath to him and declares that he is now free to rule over the coven. And everyone chants, hail Payman. And then Peter just kind of looks ahead. And then the movie goes off. <laughs> uh, it, it's a wild one. So like I said, there are a couple of nods to things. So what I can assume, the grandma didn't really care about Peter as a kid. And she then, wasn't there. Yeah. But then when Charlie was born, they, I assume, 
put the spirit of payment into her body to get it ready so later they can get it into Peter. And so they probably had this plan from way long ago to just screw over this family. And so uh, Ellen, the grandma, couldn't do this plan with her own son because he killed himself before she could finish it. So she's like, well, fuck it. I don't really like my daughter, but if she has kids in the right you know, combination, I'm doing it with them. And uh, Joan, so it seems like Joan and her husband and, and kid, they died in a um, swimming accident. They drowned. I think that's what she said. She probably tried to do it with her family and then they killed themselves, I'm assuming. So, hey, it worked with the right family, it looks like. So, Katie, who is your favorite character in Hereditary? Oh, I said the mom and Peter were my favorites, though that's like a loose, yeah, I guess. Well, like I said, I didn't really like this movie very much. Um, Peter did a hell of a job. Act The kid who played Peter was just a fantastic actor. Everything that he was doing to be like this like stoner kid. And then he was the kid who murdered his sister. Then he was the loner kid. And then he was just fucking psycho. Like that kid just acted the hell out of his role. Um, and Tony Collette also acted the shit out of this role. Like the acting was incredible from the two of them. And that's kind of why they're favorite. They're my favorite, not really because of what was happening in the movie, but because the acting was so well done. Um, Emma. Um, I didn't really have a favorite, honestly, but I think my favorite would just be the ability of Peter to just zone out super hard. Like you said, the acting, I guess. But I didn't have a favorite, really, in this one. So, Micah? Well, there were indeed characters in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, as far as favorites go... Uh, maybe maybe the slyness of uh, what's her name, the 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 lady that helps with oh, the Joan, 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 yeah, because she just played it so well. She's like, oh, I've never seen you before. I don't know your family at all, even though you're, I'm literally in your family albums, but you obviously don't remember me because I have some secret ability to be extra sly (laughs) but but like i said there are indeed characters in this movie otis how about you i actually katie beat me to it so i wrote tony collette and alex wolf they they acted their asses off in this movie and a lot of people when they talked about this movie they said you know the movie has its it's a crazy story so if some people said they couldn't really keep with the story and they some people said that the length was a little bit of an issue, but everybody said Tony Collette should have got some fucking award for this. She went for it. She played a very disturbed, bothered mother trying to like grab some semblance of like normalcy. It, it was pretty crazy. And Alex Wolf, man, like that scene when his sister's head comes off and he's just sitting in the car. And later on, a couple times, there are moments in in class where you see the rearview mirror pop up 
and he just forces his view down because he doesn't want to look into the back seat. Oh, so man, that was a cool moment. Yeah. I thought that was really, really well done. Jeez, it's it was great, man. Like I, I the dad sucked, but he didn't have any problems. You know, you, I guess you gotta have somebody in that in a movie like that where it's just they're kind of normal. They're not they're not dealing with the crazy shit. They're just there to be like, stop being weird. But the two of them, they were absolutely amazing in this film. Fuck, man. Uh, it was great. I, I knew they were going to just knock it out of the park. Because I will say, Ari Aster, I don't know if he does any like like casting or anything. But boy, howdy, in his films, there's going to be at least one person that acts their ass off. Just like in Midsummer, you know, Florence P. She was out there doing work. I love her. I'm not making fun of your last name. I love you, man. But... Uh, she went for it in that movie and it makes sense. No, Cheaty was doing pretty good too, but he got killed. So, uh, oh, Cheaty. Katie, who is your least favorite character in Hereditary? Easy, the fucking dad. Nope. Fuck that guy. He was trash. He was the worst dad. Like, he didn't give a fuck about his family, about his wife, about his kids, about anything that was happening. He was just like, nah, you're crazy. Fuck it bye the whole time yeah it's like you don't notice like rent like i threw this book in the fire and then i caught on fire you're not you didn't see that like what the fuck what was what was the movie we watched recently with the the shitty dad oh um be more specific oh my god insidious one and two Oh, yeah, that guy. He reminded me of that dad where he just was absent, just out, not giving a, a yeah. flying fuck about anything until. Yeah. Oh, I was grading like, papers, bitch. It's 10 yeah, at night until until he was just like, you know what? No, I made fucking dinner, bitch. Like you didn't even recognize me. Like wh- what? Where did you come from? Yeah. All of a sudden you make dinner out of nowhere. What is that? Oh, oh, make sure you sign up for the SAT class. Oh, yeah, I'll get on it. Yeah, you'll get on it. Okay, because it's coming up. That SAT comment had my blood boiling. Like, he just killed his sister, and you're going to pressure him about the SATs? Go fuck yourself. And then, like, when when his wife destroys all of her miniatures, and he's like, what the fuck happened here? Yeah. Like, oh, you just ruined our livelihood. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I know you're going through some shit or something, but uh, could you not? Yeah. So clearly, Mike and I agree. Like that. <laughs> Emma, your least favorite character. Same. <laughs> so I, I wrote down shitty cult. So I don't know. I don't even know if they would have been able to catch on faster, but the family, they were dealing with their own stuff in this like cult. They're just, and I bet in some scenes, they're just in probably in the background, just looking at them. I assume that the, um, the therapy group that Annie's in, I bet I'm putting money down dollars of donuts that probably the majority or all of those people were probably in the cult. I assumed that was their cult meeting. That was what I took from the movie. Oh, no. It was probably a bereavement thing no. to get her to go so she could meet Joan there. I'm betting that that group I don't was think them. so. I think that I think the cult was was the bereavement group. That was their that was their cover and they got new members by getting bereaved people to come. That's reasonable. 
Oh, fun fact. At the end of the movie, some of the people that were kneeling in front of the uh, uh, Peter's new body. Hey, that hair looks different. Hair looks actually familiar. Yeah. One of Peter's friends was in that group. And somebody was like, that hairstyle is the same as that guy in the oh, under the bleachers when they were getting high. So, yeah, I, I assume just about everybody that they talk to or meet is probably in this cult messing with them, guiding them where they need to be. So uh, shitty cult. Apparently, they're just fucking indestructible out in these streets, just everywhere doing stuff. So fuck them. <laughs> so let us do seven word synopsis. So my first one is mom was in that corner, just chilling. She was just there. Uh, Next one is this movie was a whole fucking lot. And then this one is near and dear to my heart. Creepy cultists in attic, hop out window. (laughs) Hey, y'all look like y'all part of a cult or something. (laughs) Uh, Katie. (laughs) Okay. Anaphylaxis and decapitation was one hell of a death. Yeah. Yep. Uh, competent parents would have sent EpiPen to party. Yep. Just saying, if she was deathly allergic to nuts, that little girl wouldn't go anywhere without an EpiPen on her. Or the brother would not take her anywhere without an EpiPen on him. Correct. Like, the, the entire thing about her being allergic to nuts was so, like, such an afterthought of this family um and like i watch kids who have nut sensitivities and nut allergies and let me tell you at a young ass age like one of the little boys i watch is allergic to peanuts and he knew from the age of three he is not allowed to share food with anybody he is not allowed to take food from anybody except his like his mom and dad and me who know all about him he knows to ask if things have nuts and he always is aware when things do have nuts like he knows he's not allowed to eat certain candies because they got nuts in them there's no fucking way this 14 year old girl would not be hyper aware of her fucking nut allergy and that she wouldn't have epipens on her get the fuck out of here my next one it's been hours where's possession fuck finally <laughs> And then my last one, grandma pay, praying on people's grief for cult. Micah. I'm, I'm only a little sorry for this one. This movie is a real headbanger. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Fire. <laughs> spider mom, spider mom, swimming out of here. <laughs> Not like uh, that. I have one more. I have one more. What was it? Um, oh, monsters under bed better than mom in corner mom. There it was. Sorry, I almost I, I butchered the shit out of that. But monster under be- monsters under bed better than corner mom. Nice. Fuck <laughs> corner mom. <laughs> corner yeah, mom could s- swim on out the attic window. Yeah, it gonna get with that. With some piano wire. Oh, that was brutal. Gross. Okay, so mine. What a fucking family dynamic. Fuck, bud. (laughs) Yep. And then that bitch almost lit up her kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And what a long, strange journey it's been. (laughs) 
And I have a 14 word. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. How about the mourner in the corner? Damn. Damn. <laughs> and then my alliterative seance seems super stupid. Spirits show poosh. She like whipped that piano wire and her fucking neck was like it was super gross. Yeah. Oh Lord. That was a good one. I like that. So this film came out January 21st, 2018. What do you guys think the budget for this film was? Katie. I said two dollar dues. Two dollar dues. Emma. I said eight dollar dues. Eight dollar dues. Micah. Six dollar dues. <laughs> Micah, I feel what you were going for. And I understand which you, you were making a choice, cutting in the middle or going above. You should have went above, son. Yeah, see, my, my other thought was 11. Well, yeah, you would have won. So the budget <laughs> was $10 dues. That's fucking atrocious. <laughs> Hollywood, what the fuck? I this know, movie man. did not deserve that kind of funding. No, nope. not at all. There was like four people in this movie. And hardly any special effects. Like Which one person, like I two people it. caught I on fire that. and like, get the fuck out of here. We're going to give this movie 10 million fucking dollar dues and great ass movies that people are making over here are only getting like 60 cents. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 60 cents from <laughs> open can of peaches. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the next movie we're watching basically <laughs> was made on. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? Fuck. Um, I went super low and said twenty dollars dues, but that's because I don't like this movie. So, okay, we'll see. Emma, ninety dollars dues. That's probably more accurate. Mike, fourteen dollars dues. Oh man, y'all are so mean. The no, box. Yeah, but you got to remember, he got to do another one after this. So the box office was $80.2 dues. I mean, Damn. you say that got to do another one, like you have to have a good movie to start with to make a second movie. Because who's the dude that made Thanks Killing? That guy just keeps making <laughs> movies. And the, you cannot tell me that those are any good. Like people keep giving him money to make movies. And it doesn't matter if they're good or not. Just like like this movie could have been done horribly, and this this guy still would have gotten a second shot. <laughs> but yeah, Otis, no. looked little, Otis looked a little affected by that comment. Well, I know because he really likes the guy who did Thanks Killing, and that's fine. But you cannot argue that they're good movies. They're entertaining, but they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> Difference. Sharknado. <laughs> exactly exactly so the minority kill count i can't think of any minorities in this everybody was white or darker colored peter was a lot darker but parents were well you're true that's true uh alex wolf does have like an olive co complexion yeah, and gave a little burn he was i guess he was playing a white guy isn't he a white guy? he's irish yeah but yeah that's a white guy yeah, so Peter was a little bit darker colored, but I guess he was going for like a 
my kid, I guess. But I also know. still kind of alive at the end, so... Yeah, well, he ain't there anymore. <laughs> but yeah. So we are at 211 in Tito Turtle. Damn, we're falling behind. Yeah. We need to watch a movie where everybody's black. Yeah. <laughs> well, then they won't be the minority. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, you're right. Yep. So does anybody have anything else to say about Hereditary? Nope. Just like skip the first hour. You'll enjoy it more. Well, I mean, if you're if you're this far into the podcast, you've probably seen it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a head scratcher while you're head banging. You don't even have to move your hand. You just move your head and your <laughs> hand just stays in one spot. You get a head bang and a head scratch all in one. Think about it. Head scratcher. <laughs> so it's 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 funny. Uh the cinema score for this film the average is a D plus. <laughs> so it, it, it's not polarizing, I guess supposed to. So critics to audience discrepancy is. You say a B plus? Or D, a- D, dog plus. Oh. <laughs> uh, so compared to critics and audience, there's a big difference. But I don't know. It just, I think some people went into this movie thinking that it was just going to be just balls to the wall scary from start to finish and not like a slow burn like a psychological kind of situation but hell i don't know it made money so well on rotten tomatoes it has a 89 percent and an 8.3 out of 10 on indb so yeah i thought that was, that was fancy so i would say give it a shot it is long but um it's a good one if you enjoyed midsummer there's something you'll get from this um it's a different type of scary from that one that one was i mean still a cult doing you know wacky shit to people (laughs) so i guess it's really not that different but uh just the steps that they take are a little different but uh but no it was a fun one so that is the end of the show so if you have any other cool fun facts about ari aster and any of the movies or people losing their heads you can tweet us at we have an email it is allentownpresents at gmail.com we have a facebook for now at allentownpresents yeah <laughs> so the studio feeds us thank you so much for the artwork uh flipping the combined effort that's the music you're listening to right now if i edited this right do it right so flipping the ce anywhere where you can find them so god damn it so <laughs> this is the end of possession month Oh, just hit the music. Do the scratch. Uh, so this is the end of this month. So we got to go back real quick. And I'm going to ask everybody what their favorite movie was of this month. So the choices we have Insidious, The Cleansing Hour. That's the one where YouTube channel with the devil. Insidious 2, Electric Boogaloo. And then Hereditary. Katie. Insidious 1. Absolutely. 100%. Um, the cleansing hour was like a weird supernatural episode. Um, Insidious Two was mediocre at best. Like you chose the wrong devil thing to watch or to follow for the second movie. I don't know. And I again, I didn't like Hereditary. So Insidious, it was scary. Um, shit was wild. You were confused if you hadn't seen it before. You were just like fucking confused at how they were going to solve the situation, solve the problem. And it was a really good character, Elise, who 
is worth watching the movie just for her. So, yeah. Emma. Yeah, I would have to say Insidious just because Hereditary was very weird. Insidious 2 was very meh. And Cleansing Hour was very much a supernatural episode. So, Hmm. yeah, solid lineup. But that red-faced demon in Insidious is fucking creepy. Yep. Like a lot of jump scares. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to be a bandwagon member and hop on board the Insidious train. Um, Toot toot. Sugar, sugar, bitch. Uh, Although Insidious is, to me, much more of an adventure movie than it is a horror movie. But um, the cleansing hour was very forgettable. I honestly can't even remember it really um insidious 2 was i don't know too much of a good thing with what they tried to do with insidious 1 and it was like well let's start and then it's like oh we're out of ideas and we don't have a full movie crap um i hate that they i I feel like insidious 2 just picked all the worst things to to focus on like nobody liked the dad let's focus on him for the whole second movie and nobody liked this like lady demon (laughs) lady ghost thing let's focus on that fucking why (laughs) yeah yeah but and then um the prequel to midsummer um i liked it but i think insidious had the the best thing going for it what about you otis what is what is possessing you to choose your favorite (laughs) possession movie nice nice line i know you're a dad uh so i will always be in the corner for insidious that movie a mom in a corner huh a yeah i will always corner. be a mom in a corner <laughs> for insidious that movie is solid it's the fucking scary man it came out of nowhere and just freaked everybody to fuck out i will always back that movie insidious 2 i like it because of elise there's more of her in it and so that's what i like in those movies uh cleansing hour yeah eh, it was a cool idea just wasn't as good as insidious and i really liked hereditary but if i had to pick out of the two fuck yeah i, I can watch two insidiouses and in the time it takes to get through one hereditary so or just watch the first insidious twice that's the better move <laughs> city yeah in city eyes but yeah the first the beginning and the end of this month i really liked them but yeah it's fucking insidious man like who who's gonna fight against that it's, it's just the easy choice so uh, also, yes. also one more. I have one more dad thing to say about this. As a dad on a pod, boy, do I hate a mom in a corner. <laughs> dad, ladies and gentlemen. I muttered yikes under my breath. So, yep, that's, that's a dad. So, hey, future Otis, my bad, dude. I, I should actually have my voice in it. Be like, it's all right. It's just me, man. <laughs> Uh, I did it once. I was editing something and I was like, hey, if you drove this, find this like obscure fucking fact that I need. And I was like, it was legit like two in the morning. I was like, God damn it. Uh, it was this episode of this, that. I was like, yeah. So, uh, but no, start the music up. So, uh, we did the music. We did that, that, that. Yes. So, like I said, it's the end of possession month. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm so pumped for this. We're doing found footage month next and boy howdy 
We're gonna do some good ones. I don't want it to be just a full re-review month, but God damn it, I kind of want to show Katie fucking great encounters. But yep. no oh, man, I, yeah, yep. I'm, I'm itching. I'm itching to show it. So we'll see. But we are gonna do one review for sure, and it's a banger. Me and Katie watching. I'm itching to show Emma and Micah. So it, it's gonna be a lot of movies where we're just gonna just complete the circle. So. Uh, bear with us, they're good ones. So, uh, like always, he's making a circle there. Uh, like always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a found footage film. A good one. So, bye guys. Toots. Now that's dramatic. I, I mean, spooky.